Hi guys, welcome to another episode of On Ghetto Stories. It's your girl Agnes, but some of you guys know me as Agnesita. Stay tuned. New day, new mercy, my people. Wow, it's really, really been a long time since I've been on here, since, you know, we've caught up and whatnot and you know guys (laughs) sincerely speaking i really do have a good excuse because um i don't know when was my last record was in june i believe um and that was in italy yeah i was in lake como at that time uh right after i finished um my contract work in milan so I felt like after that time, honestly, life has just been in a crazy, crazy pace for me. You know, on one end, when I'm in Milan, <laughs> I feel like I don't have so much like going on for me, maybe in the sense that traveling, because when I'm strictly on a, con- a contract, I need to be in that country, especially in that city. So being in Milan actually on one end keeps me grounded even though it kind of takes me away from Poland so I feel like I'm like destabilized for a little bit but then I'm quite grounded there but then I do feel like it's like a bit rather slowed down maybe because it's kind of like my temporary reality because I know that after one or two months, I need to come back to reality in Poland. And that will probably mean like either being twice as fast paced or, you know, otherwise or just be like, I don't know, doing not so much. So um, when I left, um, I had to do a girls trip um, in Malta, which... It was really fun. Um, whilst we were there, I I really had a good time, uh, with my old girlfriends from a long time, and um, also I had my um, uh, childhood maybe not childhood but my um high school friend, in Sweden. She was doing her. She was having a wedding, so um, it was a great opportunity to kind of you know link up and catch up with all my you know friends you know high school time (laughs) all my black queens and you know it's kind of funny that all of them are kind of in this like motherhood state now and of course the one who recently got wedded also will at some point you know be um expanding her family as well so i'm just like wow agnes (laughs) the pressure is getting (laughs) worse that's um a tiktok slang by the way if you don't know now you know <laughs> so really though the pressure is really getting worse because although i don't have any um pressure on myself but i just feel like society will somehow give you that pressure and if you're really a woman like if you feel like you are a woman suddenly those instincts start to like kick in you know it just it, it just at the back of your head you know so it's crazy i mean but anyways not to worry i'm the rich auntie so i'm always <laughs> gonna be there for my friends you know their kids my godson everybody i'm gonna be here <laughs> 
anyways um so right after um sweden uh, malta then i came back to poland and i guess a week later i had to um oh i went to the seaside in poland uh for a weekend then from there a week later i flew to ibiza and guys <laughs> ibiza was the ish it was the shit i'm not even going cap like mm-mm. i feel like when people say I don't know. If you haven't been to Ibiza, you're not gonna feel it. You know, it just it just is a different world. Like I've been to Spain, you know, I've been to Barcelona, Madrid, you know, but I just feel like ugh, Ibiza is just on a whole nother Balearian Island type of vibe, you know? It's just it's just it's dope. It's it's really cool. Like for me, I feel like um Mallorca and Ibiza are like wow that place you want to live that life the soft life as as nigerians will call it so anyways for girls you know who are like thinking what trip where should they go to i suggest you to go to ibiza and for couples um i'll suggest you to go to um you know mallorca but you know if you want to live like that party party lifestyle even as a young couple then also ibiza honestly but yeah (laughs) don't be surprised if people are hollering at your girl so (laughs) just take it as a compliment it means your girl is pretty and that's that you know don't cause no fight or whatnot at the end of the day is how your partner responds to those kind of you know calling but it's cool it's really a fun um city place to be in Anyways, um, so after that, um, in between all of this crazy traveling, <laughs> um, I'm also working on my project, which I'm going to announce very soon, but not right away because um, they're still like in the works and in the process. And I just don't want to jinx it a lot. I mean, it's not even about jinxing, but I just feel like I'd rather get to a certain point before I start like <laughs> broadcasting you know and you know i just want to avoid a little bit of procrastination being that i'm a procrastinator myself but i heard you know procrastinators are actually like creative people i don't know if that's true but you know we're business service so we gonna see i don't know so yeah so that's what i've kind of been doing um i've been also moving in between cities <laughs> so long story but anyways i'm also happy my close friends know so i've kind of been going back and forth dry driving back and forth so i mean i'm kind of sort of used to it right now so it's part of life i'm getting you know situated and adapted so i kind of love it um yeah gives me some kind of peace of mind and a place to just kind of think and gather my thoughts and you know just do but yeah I'm always gonna be a Vesovian girl so I'll still be in the cities okay also uh in between that now my friends have kind of like relocated outside of Poland like lately I just feel like friends I've been like going 
like they've just been moving on to the next chapters in their life to the next phase in their lives which i'm not mad at actually i'm all here for the self-growth for the elevation you know for just a new stepping stone so but you know it's just kind of sad when you're so used to having a certain people around you especially if you have like a really really close friends around you like your circle and now it gets even smaller and smaller so you're like oh do i like leave a little spot for a new one to fill in or do i just close it short you know do i just close the circle uh which speaking of i did have a call from literally literally an old 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 friend back in the day and it was really surprising you know but in my head i was just like girl I don't know why you calling like I don't know it was such a weird feeling you know but I'm just I don't know maybe if if it comes with age and aging I don't know you know the more you kind of get older the more you just don't have the zeal or the power the energy to kind of like make new friends or not and recently also I've been kind of I wouldn't say losing friends but just kind of breaking that chains with some friends and just letting them go which it's not it's not really a bad thing in my opinion especially if you know that they're not bringing that much much into your life of course you've had great experiences great times and whatnot but it just doesn't hurt you that much you know what I mean and I just feel like when you lose one more person it gives you even more room you know to to pull your creativity ideas or your time into other things that might be more productive you know and that might actually create more that might generate more like success or you know something that's worth your timing and all that rather than like calling and chit chit chatting laughing whatnot yada yada so i don't know maybe that's maybe that's because i'm hanging with you know too many girlfriends because i have a really (laughs) a lot of older friends so sometimes i feel like that really rubs on me a little bit so when it does kind of rub off you then start feeling like your old yourself so yeah i don't know and sometimes when you're angry with the young i'm just like oh bruh i'm too old so like in milan like the other models oh my goodness they're like 17 18 19 20 you know and i'm like wow okay i think you know i need to start finding other ventures because seems like the modeling thing and it's might not be for me at some like it will always be in my bloodstream but I just feel like I wouldn't be as that active as they are you know I don't know I'm I'm sort of feeling like a mama now (laughs) in this kind of uh industry it's it's really funny even though I've only worked in this industry for like seven years so I don't know maybe we'll just make it a decade and that will be it. I don't think I'll ever be a Naomi Campbell working till I'm like almost in my 50. I just don't know. I don't know, child. I'm going to be a whole tire banks and just call it quits. <laughs> but um, yeah, so um, what more do I want to update you guys um, on? Um, I don't know if I'm going to be traveling more. People were asking, are you still going to be traveling? I don't know if I'm still going to be traveling although although i don't think i'm going to be doing like personal traveling like within myself because i feel like um ibiza was kind of something i wanted to achieve uh like on my list let's say and um i was also in Mallorca, so i felt like i'm more of an like like of an island 
girl so maybe not caribbeans obviously right now i can't afford it but soon but um you know european wise this sort of islands so that would do but um uh, my friends they want to <laughs> travel so uh i feel like if i will be doing any traveling before the year runs out it's going to be purposely because of my friends i don't know i'm such a loyal girl in the sense that i like you know being there for my friends like when they want something i want to help them you know achieve it and we can just reach the maximum pleasure in a good way you know like having a good fun time i hate my friend feeling like really lonely or some type of way i'm just that friend i'm a writer that kind of girl so um yeah i had a friend just literally letting me know like last weekend when i kind of made a whole like goodbye party for one of my close friends and she literally like pulled me aside and was just like you know what i love your loyalty and what you're doing like oh my god you bring us together and that was so touching because you know sometimes i find it really hard to like taking compliments maybe because in my head i just feel like i'm good already i'm like i know my worth already so i don't like let it get into my head that much so when people do compliments me in general i'm just like yeah yeah thank you thank you like i know so but i'm not like feeling it internally but this time her her words really really oh, you can even see i'm kind of like <laughs> stumbling on my words but her words really cut like through into me like i felt it and i was just like wow yeah i guess i'm that bitch you know like i'm that girl like yeah and i appreciated her for her words like they really really um uplifted me and i love that it makes me just realize sometimes that you know i'm not a bad friend <laughs> and as much as i lose some friends it's it just it's part of life it's part of circle it's part of the circle of life and in as much as you lose you also kind of also gain new friends in a different aspect lately also another um update um i think you guys i don't know if i told you guys but if i didn't then probably you already saw my instagram at a g n e double s i double t a so um i'm learning uh my tennis and i've kind of been learning since the beginning of this year so it's been really good i mean it's not as very consistent as i would really have liked it to be based off of my traveling and all that but whenever i can i really really try to like focus like a good like two hours a week and this really really i really love tennis like it's been my new passion. I've been watching a lot of tennis tournaments. I've been going to a lot of tennis tournaments. Like I've <laughs> it's a whole new new life that I've sort of tapped into, you know, getting to know people, you know, people affluent people and just making your network and connection. That's really dope. And I really, really love that. So yeah, tennis has been kind of like in my radar lately. And speaking of um Instagram, <laughs> um, I don't know if you guys know because I was um my Instagram was hacked. I don't really know what happened. Honestly, it just it just shut down on me, and I could not regain it. And Instagram, we're not replying. Like I don't know what's up with them. Like really, they have numbers, but it doesn't go through. You write them an email, but nothing works like literally nothing works and i reached out to like the most expert people that are really good in this no 
nothing works. Others were like, yeah, if you pay like a thousand dollars or something, we can get it. I'm like, child, it's not even worth it. It's not even that serious. Like if I had made like maybe 10K on this via Instagram, maybe then I'll be able to like give 1K to like get this back. But I was like, nah, I've not even had that much money on that. It just hurt more because I was already like I was really confident about the amount of followers I had that were more active and like doing my projects, you know, getting in contact and connections, you know, with um designers and all that. So I really lost a lot of contacts from there and uh, it was just a sad crazy situation I was very demotivated for a long time yo like I I just didn't know where to start from because I was like I started this um thing like I believe not even last year I think it was um the mid of last year so it's been like over a year and suddenly my account gets taken away the time that I'm most most active and present on it so I was just like no I can't be bothered so but, you know, people gave me the courage. My close friend gave me the courage. Like, no, you need to do it. Come on, you can't give up, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, ooh. So I just, you know, you guys gave me the courage and the strength to just, like, do it, you know. Because I also tell people, don't give, in, don't give up, don't do this, all of that. So I'm like, okay, I also need to live by the words that I, I also preach. And, you know, being an encourager to other people myself, I need to also... um feel encouraged and just do it so now i'm doing it and it's cool and all that so i'm just happy that you know i'm on i'm in a new different path i'm gonna like focus on different um different kind of goals projects and all that i feel like also this um creating a new um account also kind of made me like just scrap my old creativity and just kind of like come up with a new fresh idea and just go in a different direction which I think it's dope and speaking of um we made it to the magazine you're yes we made it to the magazine I'm so so happy I can't believe that like I was so so shocked because this was my first first ever project that I really like felt like it was more professional I brought in along a lot of um, models it it felt like an impossible project and I really felt like I was biting more than I could chew I don't know like it was crazy or chewing more that I could buy I don't know how they call that statement but yeah it was a lot because I was like girl if you're going professional at least start with a model but I went and had have been an ambitious girl or rather over ambitious just brought in three four models four models a lot of people were on my team on my crew so photographers the assistant um makeup artists hairstylists oh, the rest goes on so but um it was really really a great great success and i really really thank all the designers that made this possible because without the designers it wouldn't have come out looking this pang it wouldn't have come out looking this amazing so yeah it took forever to get on the magazines honestly i wrote to like 
the the you know i felt like stylisting and being just the creative director was enough but oh my goodness the work that it takes from organizing the whole thing coordinating everything and the aftermath of even when the project is over it's no joke like having a project is such like this this is big is huge you're in constant contact with agencies because you need to send them the product you need to be in constant um communication with the photographer to see if he's edited it to see to meet in person to approve some work or to see if he's going in the right direction then at the same time you need to like settle other people financially that you you had them on board you need to send also like um the the results to the people that collaborated with you you know we had florists that were that helped us really tremendously because this was part of the project idea. So it was a lot going on. And and also, excluding all of that, you need to, like, start poaching, reaching out to, like, magazines, you know, and just... And you write into everybody because you don't know who might pick it up, you know. Initially, we had uh, um, a magazine uh, that were going to pick our work, but then last minute the client changes direction so we had to just you know be professional about it and just it is what it is this is how it is in the industry so we had to just look for other ways but I'm just glad that even though we this happened in April I believe um yeah we we were in the magazine um <laughs> on Shuba magazine by the way in case you don't know you can go check them out um in August issue I believe um well, I believe the September issue. It's an issue, uh, sixty-one volume four. So you can order your print to see us. We're on their cover website as well. So it's it's really dope. I'm very very honored. I felt like this was a really great accomplishment for me, and I'm just not gonna stop. I'm just gonna keep pushing. Being the amb- ambitious girl that I am, guys, I can't help it. You know anyways um yeah that's about that and what more do I wanted to add again lately lately also I've realized that I've been so in depth I've just been all up on Afrobeats yo like let's talk about that like I've been into Afrobeat like even to the point and extent that I don't even know my pop Western artists no more. Like if someone's like, yeah, who's your favorite artist and blah, blah, blah. I know that they mean like, you know, Nikki, Beyonce, this kind of vibe, you know, because they're my Caucasian friend asking me. But <laughs> I'm just thinking Afrobeats. I'm just like, yeah, um, yeah, Whiskey, David Bonaboy, like obviously they don't know so I'm just like oh yeah I've been into Afrobeat lately but off of my head not to be super weird I'm just like yeah Beyonce I guess but I'm not gonna lie like I'm loving the the vibe in the era that we're into I mean I feel like to some people it's kind of like a trend but me I've been vibing with Afro for for the longest but even now more than ever it's been like in culture it's been it's just been emerged, intertwined, and I am here for it. I am here for it. Like every every artist in America, they're trying to like do collaborations with you know African artists, and I'm just here to bring the money. Like I'm here to support because at the end of the day, Nigerians, Africans, South Africans, you know, um, 
Ghanaians, all of these people, they're part of the entertainment industry. They really work, work really hard to bring entertainment. And even, you know, going through the tough times, you know, whilst people are thriving and striving, entertainment is really something that unites everybody together and just, you know, give them a little bit of like relaxation, makes them not worry about what you're thinking a little bit. Or, you know, music is just... It's just so important. It's just of huge value to Africans. You know, a lot of rappers in the state, no shade, but they're always just talking about women, girls, and all of that stuff, but in some kind of like degrading way. Whereas Nigerian, we just uplift the women. We uplift the women in the songs, you know, and once you hear a name in a song, that's your name. You, you just love that song forever. Obviously, the artist is not talking to you in particularly, but that name alone, ugh, it resonates to a lot of, you know, Nigerian girls having that name and they're just like so, so like into that song. So it's just something that um I'm happy and I feel like a lot of white people have been like on the bandwagon also. They started learning, they started learning the dance, some of the words, you know. On one end, he wants to rub it it almost kind of want to rub you off the wrong way because you're like, oh, now you're on our side or now you want to act like you're all that, you're all open-minded. But, you know, on the other end, I'm trying not to be the devil's <laughs> advocate. I'm just trying to see the good in people and just like, well, I guess this is a little bit of a gateway for people to open their minds and just be more outgoing. Like, you know, we're not all that bad, you know, they're really, really good people out there it's not about the color and stuff like this like just just get out of your head a little bit and just be human for a second then you know that everyone is the same you know and don't try to like you know oppress other people in however power shape or form that you may possess so anyways this is how I see it enough of my you know political kind (laughs) of indirect speech you know what I mean yeah anyways that's kind of been all about the update I wanted to share with you guys before kind of hopping into my next um topic for this episode because I didn't just want to like go straight into like what I wanted to talk about I just wanted to kind of like keep it chill kind of open up to you guys what's been going on because I know that I share a lot on Instagram stories I haven't been posting a lot on my timeline but that's just because I just chose not to, you know, I just wanted to take a break for myself. I feel like nowadays everybody are just posting reels, 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 and sometimes it just get tiring for me, I don't know, like, I'd rather post on TikTok than on reels, I don't know, maybe just because I feel like I take time, like, Instagram more, I don't know, I take Instagram more seriously, like, I feel like I work and, like, the whole, like, aestheticness and whatnot, whatnot, blah, 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 because even professional people, you know, have Instagram, they're looking at my page, especially being a model, so I kind of want to mix everything, like, my lifestyle with my modeling lifestyle, but I don't want to be, like, doing the most there. On TikTok, I'm just like, you know, you're falling at your own risk, you know, so I'm just more, like, let loose there more free I just post whatever you know without like feeling any sort of consequences or whatnot so yeah um I guess I don't know so that's why I can't really post all videos that I post there on Instagram so I don't know that's just some how I feel with this Instagram TikTok kind of moment 
Yeah, so before we dive right into the new um episode, let's just take a little break. Um, let me get my pots together, let me sip some tea, drink some water, just you know, dehydrate myself, and we're gonna get back. So stay tuned and catch you guys later. Recently I was in Mallorca and I had the most amazing time. I definitely recommend this place for you as a destination place this summer. Spring is just sprung and we're heading towards summer so book that ticket while you're still waiting. And this is a great destination to go with friends, family, spouse, partner or simply alone. So one of the questions I got from a few people on Instagram was where was I lodging at? Where was I staying at? This place is an adult hotel. It's very neat, very beautiful. The details are spot on and amazing. So I wanted to get some deals for you guys, of course. So if you do go to Mallorca, um, Palma de Mallorca, I would suggest that you go to this hotel, Rock Ietas rock letters it's spelled r-o-c-i-l-l-e-t-a-s and i got a discount for you okay not 20 not 30 but 40 percent discount off when you're booking your stay at rock hotels so use the code rebaya s22 meaning spelled as r-e-b-a-j-a-s-2-2 so i hope you guys are gonna have an amazing time and do not forget to tag me or let me know when you're in mallorca have an amazing great trip ciao welcome back guys you're listening to Anghetto stories and in this episode what I'm actually about to share with you guys is a little bit insight into my childhood life and basically it's how I came to Sweden. Um, A lot of people know that I moved to Sweden when I was 14 but they didn't really know how the whole like behind the stage how this whole thing all came about and it's gonna be really interesting. I'm just kind of breaking the story down to you guys so i feel like it would be a really fun storytelling time and also um i had a dream uh last night and i saw my late aunt may her so rest in peace uh she's been gone for a few few years now and um she really was my favorite aunt and honestly i'm just dreaming about you know back home my cousins I don't know, it just kind of sparked something in me and I was like, I guess it's just time to like just say something and just do my podcast. It just kind of bring the zeal and the fire in me to like talk on here. So yeah, I think my dreams. <laughs> so um, basically, um, I was, I guess, about 13 at that time um soon to be 14 but a little bit younger than I was like few months even less than 13 I feel like this whole um whole project thing kind of started happening 
And to be honest, this is going to be funny, but I need to break it down with you guys so you guys actually understand my whole story because I'm just like kind of narrating the whole thing in my head, but I know you guys are not going to understand. So my dad um, has two aunties. One is late and one um, lives in Nigeria. The one who is late is the eldest of them all. My dad is the youngest of the three and the only um, son, the only male, basically. Um, my dad has kind of always been the hustler, whatnot. Like, you know, he's a very religious man, but also very, very <laughs> into business life. So, yeah, um, and he's always been a traveler. Obviously, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, as you guys know me. So he's always been a traveler. When he was in Nigeria, we always moved... <sighs> everywhere child we always moved everywhere to the point that he just decided um to put us in boarding schools so that way we sort of have like some kind of stability yeah and so basically almost more than half the year we lived on boarding schools sometimes in boardings we have some uh short breaks holidays so we we can come home if your parents are home you know because there's some parents they're very attached to their kids so they want to even have them like on weekends or every once like a month on the weekends so but we might we're always on on board in school but it's okay we're sort of kind of used to that and me being an Aquarius it wasn't like it wasn't something foreign to me for me I was kind of kind of I was kind of detached a little bit I'm not gonna lie (laughs) so um yeah sorry to um my ex's future partners <laughs> uh, anyways because some people just uh, obviously assume that you know i'm cold <laughs> but my friends don't agree because i'm very affectionate towards them but maybe because you know i don't really see them in that form but rich literally my partner would be like oh this girl mm-mm-mm-mm. she she sometimes could be cold but it's okay that's what makes me unique (laughs) so um but i feel like this sort of was the roof of the whole emotional (laughs) dysphoria if you know what i mean but anyways enough of that so um during the summer like kind of breaks when we'll have the long school holiday i will go to my late haunts and house in lagos and i will spend like summer break there so we'll go to like um extra like a summer school there and she had like four boys (laughs) the last born was kind of like in my brother's age and both of them and I were sort of kind of like hung out together we sort of kind of gelled in the same group just because the other three boys were also kind of older and their school was already fast-paced and all that so Long story short, um, later down the line, my dad um, traveled, fast forward, he traveled abroad and he just never came back from a, for a long time. It was just one of those travels that took him even longer than expected. I mean, whatever happened within those years, that's his story to tell, but it was a long, long years. Like, I think it took about six seven years to meet him again so you can imagine <laughs> how long those years were so um but so in this uh first year i believe we were living with um my aunt 
and um yeah okay so it was still here whilst we were with my aunt so we kind of stayed with my aunt for like a year so then my dad came to pick us up and then we went to my um second auntie's um um place and the difference with between these two aunties it's 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 so different like i was more used and more attached to my uh the oldest auntie so because i was always spending summer breaks there so i felt basically like her daughter and i felt like from her i learned a lot of my western fashion from because she was uh, a pastor's wife so and she was also a teacher so i really loved her sort of independency and also like supporting her husband and also kind of being the mom of the house but i feel like i'm so much like her she never cooks she always have had someone to cook for her and they always gave us like weekly allowances so how you save that money spend it it's based on yourself and we always and also it was from her i sort of learned the art of fasting and prayer which is something you do if you're very very into like christianity religious and spiritual let's say so i learned that from her i learned fashion from her i learned how to basically everything you know when you're growing up as a kid you just look up to someone she was just that kind of person I looked up to and um but my second auntie I never really <laughs> knew much about her I never knew anything growing up about her honestly for all I knew I just felt like my dad only had one sister so when they said we were going to my other auntie I was just so perplexed and like what is going on but anyways we went because you know as African kids you don't really get to ask like that much much question you just know that they're doing it for the best and obviously they're not gonna put you in harm harm's way so we went to um my second um auntie's place and oh my god like it was different and you know on one end i really liked it it felt like a new environment it felt almost like a stable environment it felt just different it felt like the kids my cousins meaning their kids my cousins they were very like eloquently well spoken on their best behavior manners like i felt like uh, my first auntie kids my you know cousin there they were more open minded and more free outgoing and all that they have more freedoms compared to my second auntie's family so they were also middle class as well and they were both teachers. My auntie also was a teacher, um, like a agricultural teacher. So they're based like those teacher based on plants, biology, this kind of, this kind of stuff. So she was teaching that stuff, and um, now she's kind of retired. So how time flies, and um, her husband, my favorite uncle. Oh my god. <laughs> He uh, was a linguistic uh, teacher slash professor. So he would mark, you know, how you have like your diploma after high school, you know, and they send your papers to like um, different teachers, like all over the, the, the nation, like your national um, specialist examiner. So he was one of those um, examiners that would examine papers. So he was really well known within um, English and all that. And honestly, that's where I give all my credits to. I would say he really, really taught me like 
linguistics, how to speak properly, eloquently. I really feared him, even though I really loved him and he was like my favorite uncle. I really feared him because I always I saw him like as a second father figure and I always wanted to like impress him and be the best student I could possibly be. Um uh, my second um uncle from my late auntie's side, he was a pastor, so really <laughs> he wasn't really involved in kids' life like that. It was more so like giving his life and services to the people of the church. You know, it's just kind of like being a doctor. You're more so like giving your life to patients than like people at home. So you just kind of understand. So honestly, I don't fault him for that or anything. So he only provides and that's that's that. But um, my uncle from the other side, he was very like educational man like you could not bring an average result home and think you did good. He will blast you. We will compare all our results. He will say who made him proud, who needs to work more, who, you know, it was it was this kind of stuff. And I really like that. And I felt like my dad loved the stability for us. Now, you might be wondering, why did we just move from my first auntie's place to my second auntie's place all of a sudden? I forgot to tell you that bit of the part. Why we moved from that one point A to point B was because um my my mom my um dad actually um okay so the the point was um my first auntie she said that having two kids and catering for them for like six seven years would be too much for her on her plate considering that she also like was sort of fostering um another um lady i don't know who she was but she was always kind of living with us then in lagos in the city and so my my auntie was just like oh my god having like two more that's even more work that's like having seven kids and she already has a lot going on the house is not and they were starting to like um renovate or build a new house and all that because the house they currently had was just to like it was just not enough space for everybody <laughs> and africans no matter how small the space is they keep on accepting in more and more and more people i don't know we're just too kind for our own good so um in that moment she suggested to my father to perhaps have my brother stay with my auntie my my second auntie so their second sister and keep me with um my mother because uh actually to keep me with my um auntie sorry and that's because I felt like my auntie and I we really like connected well we really I I felt like she liked me because she had four boys like I said earlier so I was sort of like a daughter to her she just saw me as a daughter and I saw her as my mom so honestly I just love that combination so I think she wanted to just keep me around like to to sort of like raise me into like a teenager whatnot whatnot and my other auntie actually has three boys and the last born um is a girl so (laughs) there was a whole like huge argument between the siblings because apparently um my other auntie didn't want my brother and to be honest (laughs) side note 
my brother was just a disaster in this age he was causing so much trouble he was so stubborn obviously now that i'm older and i know psychology and i've studied psychology i know that he just needed like a firm stable parent in his life which we never really had growing up so he was just acting out as a boy you know what i mean so he was like he was like destroying equipments like um tech stuff like phones like ugh. anything that could go on in the house we just knew it was dammy we just knew it was my brother and we always gave him a nickname bubba we just said oh it's bubba he did it like even if we don't know who did it we just know it's him sometimes even even if he didn't do it i feel like sometimes he just he would just say yeah i did it whatever like whatever you guys gonna do to me do it so Honestly, people were just tired about him. They were just tired of his case. You know, now in, in, in the Western culture, you just take such kids to like child therapists. But we don't know what that was like in Nigeria. Simply, you just either discipline them or, you know, a form of punishment. So giving them this, what we call it here in the Western world as workout. That was more like punishment <laughs> in Nigeria. So, yeah. Anyways, um, so, um. So my auntie, my second auntie, she said she wasn't going to take my brother. She said she also had three kids and the last one is a small girl. So she doesn't count that as just being like a, you know, a full grown girl. Like she wants someone also that can help her around the house and whatnot. And my dad was like, you guys are trying to pick who to choose. You want to have the girl the other one wants to have a girl. I have a girl and a boy. Literally, I don't agree for both of them to be split. Whoever is going to have the first one is going to have both. <laughs> so he basically was just pushing for whoever sister is going to choose both of us. Because my brother and I, we've never been splitted. We were always together like twins. Even when we ha went to boarding school and it was like male, we would go to the same school, but obviously... Um, the boarding schools, like the campus, were opposite of each other, boy, girl. But we always went to the same schools right from when we were little. So we never, never like splitted ourselves. Anyway, so finally, my second auntie decided to accept us. I think they obviously agreed on, you know, some form of payment, like, of course, my dad is going to send the school fees and whatnot and this you know, blah, blah, blah. So, and during the summertime, we can come spend it at my auntie in Lagos. So that's how basically they agreed <laughs> to, and we were just, we went to my auntie's um, place. And my dad came with us. We spent like the night there. I think my dad went to stay at the hotel. He's always been this hotel guy. I'm like the same nowadays. Now, now when I think about it. So I really don't like staying at people's place. The only people I stay at like my two close friends or my one close friend. Like I don't really be staying at my friend's place like that. So anyways, so he left like three days later. And that's how, you know, living with my aunts became the new norm. Anyways, fast forward, the whole deal was we we're supposed to go to boarding school. So my dad was like, you know, they're not going to even be of a hard uh, labor for you guys. Let them go to the boarding school. You know, I'm going to pay for everything. You only have to see them maybe like once or once a month or once in two months. So 
my kids are not going to be that much of a trouble. I just want to keep them with, you know, close family. So she, <laughs> so he gave them the money, everything. But knowing my aunt, <laughs> which I know her now, when he left and everything, she decided, you know, I don't know, maybe it's because of the money extra for her or maybe... Honestly, she just thought, you know, it would be nice for us to actually hang out and mingle with her kids, my cousins and everything, which honestly, when I think about it now, I do appreciate it. But back then, I didn't appreciate it. Maybe also because I was so used to the boarding lifestyle. I was just like, really? What is this daytime going home, going to school, coming back? Like, it was not part of my vocabulary. You know, when I did a little bit day school with my parents, with my dad, we had a driver that would pick us, drop us at school, you know, this kind of stuff. So I really did not understand the concept. But she was like, nope, you're going to go to the same school as my kids. And you guys going to walk to school and come back. And it wasn't a lot. It was kind of like a 20 minute walk. But still, that was a lot for me. That I don't even like walking till now. <laughs> like, I'm just that lazy when I think about it. So I was just like, wait, what? So this was the beginning of our discipline. In a good way, it really structured my brother and I. And I do feel like for some reason, my brother started to change just in a little tiny bit. So honestly, the only good thing I can give my auntie uh, was more like the structure they had in their family and all of this. So anyways, fast forward, they moved from the city they were in to another uh town actually a town <laughs> but they moved to the town because they had built their own house their own home so it was bigger space and whatnot so they stopped renting the house they had in the other city and just moved to the town and everything so we went to a private school which is more like a very expensive school to go if you know what i mean so it was a lot and my um auntie and uncle they were always such a nice family they always like let in other people so when my auntie had um my brother and I I felt like that was also another medium for my uncle to also accept some of his um nephews and nieces from his side of the family so he also brought in two of his nephews so two boys so the house was full the house was full i never know when the house was not full so honestly once again i sort of felt like i was the only girl in the family <laughs> so i was always like the first girl in my entire like my dad and my and his two sisters family technically but then my auntie had the last born who's a girl but she's like really little so anyways so we're sort of two girls but technically just one like a little bit of grown girl so anyways but i loved like staying there because i learned a lot of things i learned to memorize i learned to like represent my church at like competitions my school at competition debates i started tapping more into my artistic side like singing in the choir um performing acting you know dancing like a lot of things people call me now like i'm such a jack of all trades but honestly this was how i was raised so for me, it was just like a no-brainer. So anyways, I'm just got like those little, little things when I was little really stuck with me now, even now. 
So anyways, um, so how did I move to Sweden? So my aunt, obviously, she sort of got used to me and my brother being around them. And I started to help her more in the house and everything. She started teaching me, you need to know how to cook. You need to know how to wash. Your parents ever taught you this? How could you not know this? I was like, because I lived in boarding, like in boarding school. So I started to learn all of this against my wish. <laughs> so I wasn't really happy about that. I just kind of held a resentment towards her as a kid because I was like, how am I doing all of this work? And the boys are doing nothing. They're outside playing football. I want to go play football too. So sometimes I'll go play football and then I'm going to receive the consequences when I came back. So anyways, it was just like, it was just a battle with, within me trying to grow into like this teenager. Cause then I was like 12, you know, going to 13. So I just was not feeling it. I had to wake up super early, probably like five. Now I sleep to 11. This is bad. Like this is really bad. So guys, when you see me doing all of this lazy stuff now in my twenties, Plus, just know I suffered. I have lived my fair share of sufferedness when I was younger. You know, rather, I mean, yes, it's discipline. But to me at that time, I really considered it sufferedness. So I have lived my life. So now I can just enjoy, <laughs> honestly. So I will wake up at five. I would like, you know, to put the food and whatnot because it will probably cook like to six, seven, thirty. No, to, to like six thirty. So by then... All the other kids will wake up, take shower, whatnot, whatnot, whatnot. We'll eat. And by 7.30, everybody's on their way to school. And you get to school by 8. And yeah, just you start school. So honestly, everything, everything was timed. It, it wasn't like a military home, but it was like a semi-military home. Everyone had their chores and whatnot. And notwithstanding, when you have exams, you need to study, knowing that you still got to wake up at 5 a.m. in the morning. So it was really, really a stressful thing. And we had no alarm when I think about it. Now, my auntie just woke up. She just come wake us up. What No, I mean, I think we had an alarm on the phone. I don't know. But anyways, she would wake us up and we just had to, you know, do what we got to do. Long story short, just to keep it plain and simple simple um then my first cousin came home then he actually um took my brother and I to Lagos so my first um son of my uh, late auntie now I think around this whole time my auntie kind of passed away which was really really sad for me I just was not in in the good spirit I really resented my second aunt also for that because she didn't really allow us to go on summer breaks to the city where my um auntie lived so I was just kind of like okay if I was there maybe I could help her whatnot whatnot you know I mean obviously I know now like there's nothing I really could do but then I really loved my aunt so so much that I was like oh maybe there's something I could have done or whatnot anyways um so yeah my cousin came pick us up we went to the embassy in the capital of Nigeria to get our passport we had to go twice because the line, the queue, oh my God, at the embassy, it could take you whole day, like the whole of the day. So we went there twice and on the second time, everything was finalized. We had our passport, but then we were told not to tell our aunt because we knew that she might not actually want us to go. Because also you also have to realize she also sort of was getting attached 
to me especially because now I'm kind of helping in the house you know I'm kind of like helping her so she doesn't have to like take care of like you know seven boys uh you know I don't know how many boys then three boys and three other uh boys from my uncle's side so yeah six boys plus my brother seven boys yeah and one girl and two girls so yeah it was a lot. Actually, it was a lot. So when I think about it, honestly, she did the best she could. So at that time, you know, my my uncle, my um, cousin asked her just like indirectly, like, oh, my God, if my dad were to like get my his kids, what would what would you do? And she replied that, no, he would need to physically come to me himself to come and pick the kids. These kids are not going nowhere. So I think, you know, that indirectly just it told my my cousin like yo like <laughs> i don't think she's going to let these kids go anytime because she's just used to them being around anyway so and also i felt like my dad not being in nigeria then just hustling his life and figuring out everything you know with my mom and whatnot like i felt like you know my auntie just saw him through us you know and that was a hot hard pill to swallow for someone to just snatch us away and like just take us away but there was nothing else we could do for once I wanted to be with my father I was like at all costs I need to leave here like this is not my life <laughs> this is definitely not my life like I was really doing well in school and all that yes that much I'll give but in my head we were we were living in town and you know I was used to the city life and whatnot so I just felt like that was in my life and also, I was in church one time, and there was a prophet just prophesizing, and he saw like a vision or something like there are two people in the church who are gonna go abroad. Now, obviously, when I think about it, the prophet probably meant my brother and I. So, I mean, it all worked out well and everything. So, I think we lied to my auntie that we were going for an exam, like for a scholarship abroad or something. And, you know, we don't know if we're going to make it or not and whatnot. And suddenly we're like, oh, my God, we made it. We're going on scholarship abroad. So, we have to go meet our dad, whatnot. But we were already in Lagos. So, technically, my auntie couldn't really say anything like, hey, bring those kids back because... It was already a done deal, but we never really went for any scholarship, anything. We never went for any exams. Everything was planned as my dad wanted for us to go get our passport. He bought us the ticket and we flew. He never even came to pick us. That's how like independent we really had to be. My mom's um uncle met with my cousin and he works with the custom and all of this stuff. So he kind of knew the airport and people. So he hired someone who was working on a aircraft airline to like take care of us. You know, people who take care of kids who are like under minors. So literally, I flew at the age of 13 with my brother who was like 10. And we flew together to Sweden. And at that time, I didn't even know I was flying to Sweden. That's how like ignorant and I don't know, a little bit stupid I was when it comes to geography. Honestly, I never flew out of the country. So all I knew was I was going to Gothenburg because they, they kept telling me you're flying to Gothenburg. Don't go on any other airline. There's going to be a waiter, like a hostess who's going to help you navigate gates but you're going to Gothenburg and you're gonna have like a stop in Amsterdam so when people asked me where were you where are you flying to you know like people who sat next to us I just kept saying we're going to Gothenburg what I should have said was we're going to Sweden we're flying to Sweden but I just kept saying Gothenburg and obviously they were probably having um a stop in Amsterdam and flying to other countries so honestly they didn't really know where Gothenburg probably was as well they were also like 
as surprised as I was. Maybe they were flying to UK because UK in the state was like a very um like a very common destination for a lot of Nigerians. Anyways, guys, that that basically was how we flew to Sweden. Um, yeah, we met my parents at the airport just waiting. We had they had already my little sibling, he was in the baby van, and yeah, the rest was history. So guys, um, I hope I've given you enough um tea and story on this like how I actually physically went from Nigeria, the timeline and how I moved to Sweden. So yeah, thank you guys for listening and um yeah, I hope to catch you on another episode. Whenever it happens, it happens, but just be rest assured that when you have a new episode, the next episode for me, it's going to be bomb. It's going to be a really, really juicy story. <laughs> so have a great, you know, rest of the little sunny days we have ahead of us because I know that now school has started and also um, fall is coming. Autumn is here practically. So yeah, um, take care guys and um, kisses to everybody and thank you guys for always being here supporting me and just being a loyal friend family fans whoever you guys are i love you guys till next time peace thank you guys for listening and staying tuned till now if you like this episode or you would like me to talk about something else in my next episode or you have questions comments anything just dm me on my instagram account agnesita a-g-n-e-s-i-t-t-a and i'll get back to you guys it's your girl agnes on on ghetto stories